It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. Over the last few days, I've been thinking about the quality of my interactions on social media. I really enjoy meeting new people on Facebook, for example. However, I will say that sometimes I find the experience to be disappointing. On those occasions, I find that the only reason someone wants to be friends with me is so they can sell me something, such as their program or their business opportunity. Maybe you've experienced this too. While there's nothing inherently wrong with any of that, I would say that there is something really important missing. It's the idea of knowing, liking, and trusting somebody first. Think about this. If I don't know you, I probably won't buy from you yet. That's because you don't know my situation, my business, or my journey in life. In fact, on those occasions where I've had to say no or not yet, it's amazing to see how many of them drop off the face of the earth. And while I'm not in a position to judge, I can only wonder why they don't see the long-term value in building and maintaining a relationship. If I don't trust you yet, I really won't buy from you yet because I'm not convinced that you have my best interests at heart. And if I don't like you, there's no way on God's green earth I'm going to be buying anything from you. I only do business with people that I like, know, and trust. And I'm sure deep down, so do you. So think about that. I see so many people spamming their opportunities all over their social media like they're throwing darts against the wall. And then they wonder why their businesses are failing. It's all about liking, knowing, and trusting someone. It's far more effective in the long run. With all this in mind, I'd like to introduce my very special guest. My guest this week is Sean Tyler Foley. Let me tell you about him. He is the managing director of Drop the Mic Agency, which is an organization designed to help speakers find their voice and get on stages to share their message. He realizes how important it is to engage with his audience, create a memorable experience, and make them laugh whenever possible to deliver impact with those listening. He also has a new book coming out very soon called The Power to Speak Naked. And to learn more about Sean and his work, you can go to dropthemicagency.com. That's D-R-O-P-T-H-E-M-I-C. A-G-E-N-C-Y, dropthemic.com. We'll talk about this and so much more in the show. And before I forget, you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes anytime. I would appreciate that and a review, a five-star review if you think it's worth it. I would love that. So I appreciate that and thank you so very much. And here we are with my very special guest this week, Sean Tyler Foley. Sean, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm really good, Brian. Uh, Yeah, five-star review for sure for Success Profiles. Awesome. Thank you so much. So I would love to hear how you got started. I mean, you and I have known each other for a while. I know that, for example, you had an acting career prior to being an author. You were a child <laughs> actor. Tell us about I this. I was. Well, I, you know, uh, um, when I when I was younger, my uh, father passed away and it, it uh, kind of became a, a thing for me uh, as an outlet. Um, at a, at a very young age, um, my, uh, godparents who helped my mom being a single mom helped 
uh, raised me and my sister um, were very into the arts, uh, very um, social minded as well. And uh, so theater and acting became kind of uh, uh, a thing for me. Um, it, and I got to do it, like I said, starting around six years old and, uh, it really m- progressed right through my teen years and became a, a career in my early twenties. So I, uh, I've been <laughs> blessed and lucky enough to be involved with some incredible productions, meet some amazing human beings along the way and, uh, and just, you know, grow as an individual through, uh, through the expression that you get to do as an actor, which is um, really second to none. Absolutely. And you've been in some productions and some films that we know, maybe the parts weren't super, super huge, but you were in <laughs> Freddy versus Jason. Yes, I was. Yeah. I, I, I have been, uh, I've shared celluloid with some, some incredible actors, uh, for very brief periods of time. I was a professional day player, uh, as the industry would call it. So I, you know, always had those great roles like, uh, student number one or, you know, <laughs> guy in bar. So those were, those were my, my fun roles. But yeah, Freddy versus Jason was, um, uh, probably one of my more memorable ones. Cause for the extremely brief amount of time that I'm on film, I got to spend a great deal of, uh, many days on set. I got to meet, uh, the iconic Robert Eglund, who yes. is a phenomenal human being, an incredible actor. And, uh, despite his typecast is probably one of the greatest performers I've ever got to work with. He is uh, a consummate professional and, and very giving with his craft. So I was, I was honored to have met him and very briefly morph into him on film. So I, <laughs> if you can freeze frame, you'll, you'll see me very briefly before I turn into Freddie. So, wow, that's great. And you were also in the remake of Carrie. I was. Yes. Yes. The uh, uh, the made for TV produced version. So there's been many, many remakes of the iconic classic. But uh, I uh, I got to uh, be one of my typical roles. I play, you know, I, I usually play really mean guys, which I always find ironic because I think I'm a nice guy in real life. But <laughs> yeah, because you're not mean in real life at all that I've seen. <laughs> I appreciate that, Brian. I appreciate that. I, I'd like to think that I'm I'm a nice dude, but you yeah. know, I, I don't play them on TV. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's why they call it acting, right? It, it is why they call it acting. And apparently I do it quite well in a very specific yes. typecast bit. But Fantastic. yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I make uh, real fun of Carrie and, and, uh, and get a, a book thrown in my face for the, for the pleasure of it. Oh, you got to be one of the mean guys. I was always a mean guy. Yep. Yep, absolutely. You've also done some stunt double work. Oh, yeah. Well, so here's the funny thing. I, I, ha- I have some incredible friends who have guided me through a very, very limited, very brief stunt career. Um, and, uh, you know, Nick Barrick and uh, Richard Brooks and some really, really, really good stunt men. I am, I am not one of those. <laughs> I was yeah. a guy who'd, uh, jump, jump around on the trampolines and, uh, sit, uh, shotgun in, in some driving sequences and, and, 
you know, help with rigging and, and do a lot of that work. Um, I, I was small and wee, so I looked good getting pushed out of buildings. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to do, uh, do some box fall falls, but, um, yeah, I know, I know some incredible stuntmen and I would, I would never call myself one. I did get, uh, the joy of being able to perform some stunts, um, supervised and with some just incredible professionals in the Vancouver area. Um, probably I, I mean, I'm biased because I'm from Canada, but, um, I mean, you look at half of the action films that are being filmed now, almost all of Mar- Marvel universes at some point <laughs> being yeah. filmed out of Vancouver and, uh, and some of the work that they do there is, uh, is just incredible. So Absolutely. I, I was lucky to get to do it. Great. We've got about four minutes or so until our first break. I would love to explore why you decided to become an entrepreneur. Well, it just kind of became, I don't know that I explored it so much as it explored me. You know, they, I, I, I've always been independent and, um, being an actor since I was six, you know, you, you're, you're earning an income, uh, abnormal to what society would typically think and you're an independent contractor anyway uh, you know your your own business your your own entity that gets set up you're billing production companies and so it just became that that was the norm and the standard my mom was incredibly supportive she's also uh, an accounting professional so she understands numbers and I just I don't I don't know any other way I have a hard time sitting behind a desk nine to five. So. Yeah. <laughs> so entrepreneurship uh, really found me as opposed to me finding it. Wow. That's fantastic. And you had some experiences uh, in safety. I do. In fact, I am currently still having experiences in safety. I, uh, um, having owned a few businesses in my lifetime um, and some of them working with uh, government agencies. Uh, we have a program up where I'm at uh, called the Certificate of Recognition, and it's kind of one of those benchmarks that we need to uh, have um, as far as uh, business with the government. And so through a really random series of things, I, I got involved in safety uh, just because of my own ownership within the company and having to take on a safety role. And then it's progressed into into a really fun career. Wow, that is absolutely fantastic. What do you think your mission is? Oh, oh big that's mission. easy. The big mission is to allow people to find their voice. I think everybody has a story to to tell, a story to share, and whether that's uh, written or spoken, uh, I I'm just I'm driven to make sure that anybody anybody has the ability to get up and tell their story because everybody has one. Absolutely. How do you find people or how do you help people find what that is? Uh, By giving them the permission to tell it. I think a lot of people are too scared to to admit that they have a story within them. And I I find that most people I hear it all the time. Oh, but but that it does. It's not significant or it's not important or but that's just me. You know, it's that um, the small fish mentality and, and really everybody has a story and you'd be surprised at the impact that your story would have on somebody else who has a similar story. Yeah. And it's through shared story that we, 
experience each other as as human beings and we're able to identify with each other and we're able to find commonality and similarities. So it, I find that the power of story and our personal story uh, is is important and and needs to be fostered. Yeah, absolutely. We are coming up against our first break. My very special guest this week is Sean Tyler Foley. He is the author of the book, The Power to Speak Naked. And we're going to talk about public speaking, not just the business of public speaking. I've had several people on fairly recently where we explored some of those things. But we will talk about the nitty gritty of putting your message together, about how to deal with nerves before you get up to talk, about having a pre-talk routine and so many more because we are going to have a really fantastic show. This is Amazing. I cannot wait to explore the rest of this. We're here with Sean Tyler Foley, and this is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back. motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Sean Tyler Foley, and he has put a book together called The Power to Speak Naked, which is coming out very soon. And if you do not have my most recent book, which is called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it in Barnes & Noble. If you're in the Phoenix area, I do local book signings all over town, and I hope to get to a town near you someday soon. So get the book. It's fantastic. I've had some great feedback about it. So Sean Tyler. Tell us, mm -hmm. why do you think it's a good idea to incorporate speaking into your business model? Oh, because it's the fastest way to reach the largest audience. Um, I think 
public speaking allows people to communicate uh, an idea in a very uh, rapid fashion to a large audience. Uh, the problem with even like a Facebook ad, um, you're, you know, you have to hope that somebody wants to engage with that material or even notices it or that your copy has is the right way to grab their attention or to meet their message where if you're delivering a talk, you have instantaneous feedback. To me, it's the difference between when I used to act in film versus when I would act on stage. Um, everybody goes for film because the theoretically the money is more. Yeah. But that's it. Right. It's mm -hmm. uh, repetition. It's a lot of trial and error and half the half. Uh, 90% of your performance is never ever seen by anybody because it gets uh, pushed onto the cutting room floor where with a live performance in theater, you have direct feedback with your audience. You know if you're doing a good job or not. You're able to improvise and move on the fly and that's the power of public speaking when you're trying to incorporate it into your business because you don't know how people are reacting to your ad. Mm -hmm. But you know how they're reacting to your pitch or your talk because you can see that interaction right now immediately. You can adjust on the fly. You have a better ability to find out what your audience is and what they're looking for in that particular moment. And unlike advertising where you are running around jumping up and down and hoping somebody notices you, <laughs> if you incorporate a talk into your business, people come to you. They're already actively seeking you out. You already know that you have uh, a captive audience. Something yeah. brought them there. Absolutely. And you talk about the idea of testing material. Comedians do this all the time when they do their routines in a club. They see what jokes work and what jokes don't. So let me ask you this, because sometimes when people are speaking, they try to be funny. It doesn't always work. What is your <laughs> philosophy of using humor in a presentation? Uh, it's wonderful if you can do it. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> if you can't don't. <laughs> it's that simple. Um, there are many ways. Like so, I myself don't feel that I'm a funny person. Um, some would argue, some wouldn't. Some would agree. Whatever. I don't. I don't feel that I have a natural humor that translates well to a large audience. Um, but I do find that I'm personable, mm -hmm. and I can get people to engage and to like. But my level of humor is not that of everybody else's. Right. But I'm still able to incorporate humor into into my talks um, by, you know, quoting funny things that other people have said and giving them mm -hmm. credit. Um, or like, I mean, if you're if I steer away from PowerPoint, as you and I both know. Right. But if you are doing a slide deck with a presentation, um, even putting in YouTube videos that emphasize your point, be very careful with them so that you're, they're not distracting and that they actually hit home a point as opposed to just becoming a video for humor's sake. Yeah. But it's a very easy way to add humor is to put in a video or a meme or a comic strip okay, yeah. that emphasizes your point and then people get the humor and they'll remember that they laughed mm -hmm. and they will assume that you made them laugh. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. And it's always better to make fun of yourself than it is to make fun of other people, right? 
self-deprecating humor is the best kind of humor, don't you it's know? The, it's the best. It's the best because if you're making fun of other people, you don't know how people are going to take that. And, of course, we live in a very PC, let's not offend anyone kind of society. But at the same yes. time, if you're making fun of yourself, I mean, you have permission to make fun of yourself. You don't have permission to make fun of other people. No, and uh, nobody proved that better than uh, uh, Russell Porter. <laughs> so he – or uh, no – not Russell Porter. Russell Porter is an acting coach. Uh, now I can't think of his name. Very famous ca uh, Canadian actor, uh, oh. comic. And now I can't think of it. It'll oh. come back. I'm Russell sure Peters. it will. Uh -huh. Russell Peters. There you Peters. go. Awesome. Russell Peters. Right? Yep. He makes fun of himself, but because himself is such a, a large demographic, he can make fun of a lot of other people, too. Absolutely. So let's talk about your book, The Power to Speak Naked. What is it about and why did you decide to put this together? Well, what is it about? It's it's a it's about public speaking, finding your voice, and being able to effectively deliver um, a talk. And I think uh, it's real important that people understand that when I say that, I don't mean in a large auditorium to two thousand people. Although this book will help with those presentations, I think anytime you have to convey a message to another human being, you are providing a talk. So that can be one on one one-on-five in a boardroom. This is really designed for, for those um, uh, managers, whether they're middle or senior management at the executive level, who struggle getting engagement and are tired of looking at the tops of heads, looked da looking down at devices. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, the original nexus for this book was as a safety professional having to give safety talks um, as I, as my career grew, I became more and more in demand and I had a lot of other professionals who came to me and said, well, what's your secret? You know, right. how come, how, it, particularly because I'd be delivering oftentimes the exact same material that somebody else was because I'd be in a group of, uh, you know, instructors or trainers who would be using the same material that I would be. And yet my presentations came across stronger. So I had to really reverse engineer what it was that I was doing and, and why my presentation skills were strong. Now, I <laughs> had the joy and luxury of having that backed up by over 30 years of public performance. Yes. So that helped. <laughs> yes, of course. But being able to really deconstruct that and, um, and explain to the people who I was invested in, because if their delivery uh, – could improve then that it only improved the quality of our reputation. So, you know, from a, from a job perspective and, you know, from security <laughs> that yeah. it just made sense to pass on the information that I had. And then that kind of grew because I had other, uh, I started to get private clients who were asking, well, you know, how can I translate that into my business? I'm not in safety, but I am in this, or, um, you know, I want to become, because there's an entire crazy populace out there who want to public speak as a career. <laughs> yes. And, and so I started to really get to work with those professionals. And so, and the irony is some of them are, are already doing it. They have big platforms and stages and just want to get better engagement um, because they were concerned with the turn and burn where they'd get a lot of people in, but then they wouldn't really engage with them. They, they were able to fill a room, but then not convert and, um, and so we, I, I just I started to really look into why that was and um, 
the art of performance has always driven me and public yeah. speaking is a is a form of performance so i really wanted you know i wanted to be the best and uh and i'm still learning myself so this became yeah. a way of uh of getting that information and really coming down with a process for it yeah absolutely and a lot of people are afraid of speaking you know surveys Terrifying. consistent consistently show that people are more afraid of speaking than they are of dying and yes, it means they'd rather be the person in the casket than the person given the eulogy. Thank yeah. you, Seinfeld. Did you see? Anybody yeah. who laughed, I just used humor that wasn't mine. <laughs> that's right. There you go. Absolutely. But here's something that you say that's very, very interesting in the book. The audience wants you to succeed. They are not looking for you to fail. And I love that idea. Tell us about that. Well, it's true. I, and I, For anybody who's listening right now in the audience, uh, think of the last talk that you went to, last presentation, whatever it happened to be. Did you go into that room thinking to yourself, man, I hope this sucks. Man, I hope this person fails miserably. Never. You know, uh, have you and, you know, do you ever go into a talk thinking, yep, we're this is going to be the worst waste of my time for the next hour and nothing's going to come of it. Right. We don't do that as an audience. We go to these, usually we've bought a ticket, so we're already invested in it. We, there's some kind of information that has drawn us there, and we're, we already want that person to succeed. And what I find amazing is the self-talk of speakers who are projecting onto an audience who is there because they're excited to hear their message, because something drew them there. And they want that speaker to succeed. And yet the self-talk, the negative self-talk that that speaker is going through in the back is how they suck, how they're going to bomb, how, what if they forget their lines and all of the rest of this stuff. And nobody in the audience is thinking that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Absolutely. So why are we? <laughs> right. Absolutely. We've got two minutes until our next break. I would love to ask, and this could spill over to the next segment. How do you engage your audience? Oh, it's, well, the, there are so many, so many ways. So you're right. This this very likely could spill over to the next segment. But uh, 90 second summary, mm -hmm. the quickest way to engage the into for me to engage my audience is to remember that it's not about me. That it's about them. And the more I can make any talk, any presentation about the people who are in the audience more about them, less about me, the quicker the engagement happens. So um, polling, asking questions, uh, getting people up and moving, doing activities, uh, getting themselves out of their own head, uh, using various techniques to really um, re-engage them so that they're thinking about the content and, and applying it in a practical sense. Um, it has to be about your audience. As soon as it becomes the the ego trip and the me, me, me show, mm -hmm. uh, like I, I tune that talk out. Um, so mm -hmm. I don't know why anybody else wouldn't. Right, exactly. We are coming up against our next break, and we are with Sean Tyler Foley. His book is called The Power to Speak Naked. It's a book about becoming a much better public speaker. It's about being authentic with your voice. It's about finding your message and how to prepare yourself to do a talk. And we will talk about his five-step stage to put your talk together. It's really a fantastic discussion and we will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back and I can't wait 
to continue the show because this is a fascinating discussion. The Power to Speak Naked with Sean Tyler Foley. This is Success Profiles Radio. and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Sean Tyler Foley, and his book is called The Power to Speak Naked. If you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, why not? Please do it. I would love it if you would. You can hear all the past episodes of the show over seven years strong, all the way back to January 2012. So, Sean Tyler, tell us about what you call the five Ps in terms of start to finish putting your presentation together. Well, to be fair, I'm I'm referencing five Ps that I've kind of adapted. Uh, so anybody who's familiar with Carnegie, uh, they would know. Uh, for my rural friends uh, who are familiar with the 4-H club, they will know the five Ps of public presentations. But they really boil down to um, planning, preparing, practicing, presenting, and participating. And uh, uh, that last P is the one that's closest to my heart. Great. So tell us a little bit about all these five. So they're it, really they're they're basic. They they seem basic principles and basic strategies um, up front, right? Uh, planning. If you're going to give a good talk, lots of people feel that they can just improv me being one of them, and I can tell you that the talks that have landed really well have not been the ones that have come from the hip. They're the ones that had deliberate thought to them, that had uh, structure, that had a very clear uh, beginning and end in mind, and my beginnings are always structured around where I want the end to go. Uh, so having that planning uh, in, in place, knowing who your audience is, 
what your topic is, what they're, and remember, we're making it about the audience, not about us. So what, what do they need to take away? What are they going to get the most value out of? What can we do to provide them with the most, uh, with that, with the time that you have with them? Because it is about them. So you need that plan. That plan then leads into preparing. So knowing what needs to be done, um, once that talk is structured, what do you, what else do you need? Or do you need um, additional items? Do you need uh, a slide deck? Do you need uh, guidebooks, participant books? Do you need worksheets? Um, what, what do you need out of your venue? Does it need to have audio, lighting, all of those things that need to go into the preparation of the talk? Um, right down to, to even knowing the sight lines. You know, yeah. if you if you're in a in a small boardroom and you don't want people having to crank their necks, where do you stand in order to uh, be the most effective in delivering that? And, and that and then to the big auditoriums, what where can people see you? What is the most effective area? So that preparation goes more more than just what am I going to say? And then practicing, right? Everybody yes. knows practice makes perfect. Um, you gotta, you've, you've really got to practice. For me, I don't like to practice a rehearsed script. Uh, I've never been somebody who believes in a scripted talk. I believe in a structured talk, but I don't believe in a scripted talk. And, and the difference being people get so caught up into word for word for word, dead letter perfect, right. that the second they miss an and, it throws them off. Where for me, I believe in a structured talk. I know the sequence that needs to be done, but it gives me the flexibility that if um, if my audience takes me in a different direction, we can go there and we can still deliver the value that they need, but I'm not tied to, well, that's not in the script, right? right. Again, it's about my audience. And I find that if uh, if I'm tied to a script, I can't serve my audience. And it's, it's about them, not about me. So um, that practice is more about the art of presentation, uh, doing vocal exercises, making sure that you do know your material and where those cues are so that if you need to shuffle them, you can bring them back in an improvisational way. Um, <laughs> some of the silly things that I do for practice, I'll go and do karaoke and, um, and improv theater if I can, wow. right? Just to, just to a <laughs> get the feeling of, of bombing. <laughs> yes. It's important to practice that too, to know that it's going to be okay that you can get up. Cause there's, I, you know, I can carry a tune 80% of the time, but there's the 20% where I can't find a, a note. I was speaking in Bend, Oregon and, uh, the end of November and, uh, the host of the event and her son actually took me out to, um, <laughs> to a karaoke bar and I nailed the first one. I was like, yeah. Yeah. And then I nailed the second one. I was like, yeah, high fives. And then she looked at me, she's like, do you want to do a duet? And I'm like, totally harmonies. Yeah, let's do this. And I yes. bombed it. Yes. Bombed it. <laughs> so it's always good to fail. Yes. It's good to fail because we learn. Right. Yes. So that making sure that you practice and practice all scenarios, right. It really do get, if you're going to be in a small room, find out what your voice sounds like in a small room. If you're going to be in a large room, 
find out what it's like in the large room. Um, making sure that you get that, um, that you know what your physical presence is, what your body language is, um, so that you're aware of what your mannerisms are. Uh, even for me, writing the book was an incredible process because I actually wrote the book by speaking the book, mm-hmm. which means it really is my authentic voice, literally. Yes. But I also got to see all of the different filler words that I use. Apparently, I close just about every sentence with write as a question. Right. And uh, with I love so as a conjunction. Not sure why, but that's just how it is. So I've become very mindful of that now in the last six months, uh, just from the editing process from the book. So being able yeah. to practice, being able to help, um, that's it. And then the the big P, the present, right? Yes. We, we actually, all of this is no good if we don't actually get up and do it. Um, and I, I referenced the 4-H club because a lot of the, the P's come from that. Uh, but I also have uh, the joy of getting to judge uh, the 4-H speaking competition. So the 4-H, for people who don't know, is a Rural Agricultural Society Club for youth and uh, most know the 4-H as that place where kids go and raise a cow, uh, yes. sometimes a pig, right? And or other livestock. But it's, uh, they also, um, it's really a, a, around developing leaders within the community is 4-H's goal and mission. So they uh, have a requirement of the participants to uh, go into speech competitions, and I get to judge the regionals here in my province. Uh, and it's a really it's a it's a joy for me to watch um, these children and young adults really learning to find their voice, which again is a passion for me to to see people do that. But to watch uh, because I do it year after year after year, I get to see some of the same participants come back, and I get to watch them grow. Yeah. And I get to see the presentations mature. Yes. And I, I, it, they, they wouldn't be able to do that if they didn't get the opportunity to go up and do it over and over and over again. So they, you know, they present at their, their, at their club level and then at the district level and then the regional level and then the provincial level. And, mm-hmm. you know, they continually do it. And if you aren't constantly seeking opportunity to present, Particularly, particularly mm-hmm. if you're terrified of it. If you know that it's a function of your job and you refuse to do it and you're doing everything you can to avoid those presentations, mm-hmm. you're the person who should be going out and just embracing that because likely that's the thing that's holding you back from advancement. Yeah, absolutely. And then participating is just being involved in the industry, right? Well, no, there's so much more. So yes, um, being involved in, in the industry is one participating in, uh, you know, clubs or, or, or various events so that you can practice. But no, when I say participate, what I mean, what I focus on with participate is audience participation. Engage your audience. It's the P that everybody always forgets yeah. to get your audience to participate. Because again, it's not about you. It's about them. And if they're just sitting there, for 60 minutes, two hours, four hours a day, two and a half days, and all they do is sit, 
that there is no engagement there. They're they're lost and and I you know room full of zombies. I've been the zombie. Mm-hmm. I you know I know the memorable speakers. And the funny thing is is the memorable speakers are the ones who got me engaged, got me up, got me doing things. But it's a really clever thing to do as a speaker because if your audience is doing something that you've told them to do, you have time to relax, not have to talk, save your voice, recompose. Um, you know, one of the people that I've uh, I've learned the most from uh, in the art of presentation. If she gets lost in her presentation, she'll be she. She goes, all right, turn to a partner and uh, tell them three things you've learned so far. <laughs> That's awesome. It reinforces the message, right? They don't know that that wasn't part of the talk. Gives her a chance to reset, re-engage, um, get herself centered, uh, maybe check some notes, drink some water, get centered within herself, and then yep. go back out. And the audience it, are engaged now. They're talking to somebody. If she needs a little bit extra time, she goes, okay, now turn to somebody else and tell them another three things, right? Yeah, <laughs> So right. you can play that game for forever. It's reinforcing the uh, your message, uh, getting people up and moving. And, and, and that's really, you know, getting that audience to, to re-digest and um, bring back some of that that content so that it sticks uh, yeah. that's participate to me making sure that they have the ability to use and various learning modalities too so if yeah. they're kinesthetic get them up get them actually touching some stuff um, using the audio using the visual like really getting getting the audience to participate is what that last p for me is Absolutely. We've got maybe a minute, minute and a half left into our final break. Let's talk about how to deal with being nervous because this is something that comes up a lot for people, right? Yeah. Um, so I've, I've only experienced stage fright twice in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I had to really look into why that is. And I, in my opinion, the majority of stage fright is really our fear of judgment. Mm. And as we've previously discussed already, the audience isn't judging you negatively. And most of that fear is our own projection into a false reality that we're creating, future tense, uh, of our own failure. But the audience wants us to succeed, so if we can go in and just even barely meet their standard, we've already succeeded. Fantastic. And we are coming up against our final break. Please stay with us. This is Success Profiles Radio. We will come right back on the other side. Don't go away. and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. 
have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. The Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. It's never heard. You have probably heard about the Ring Video Doorbell app. It has a motion sensor that alerts your cell phone if someone is on your porch or rings a doorbell. All you have to do is tap your phone and you can see who is at your door and talk to them through a remote mounted camera and speaker. My husband thought this would be a good idea to have for our home. However, I had no idea he had installed it while I was out of town. Imagine how confizzled I felt when I returned home, went to unlock the door, and suddenly heard my husband's voice calling at me from seemingly nowhere. He had installed a camera and speaker high up in a tree next to our front porch. Talk about being surprised and confused. What's another word for being confused? Flabbertubles. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Sex Profiles Radio, and my very special guest this week is Sean Tyler Foley, and his upcoming book is called The Power to Speak Naked. If you do not have my book called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, find it in Barnes & Noble, find it on Amazon, find it everywhere. I would love for you to pick that up. That would mean a lot. Thank you so much for doing that. And Sean Tyler, let's talk about Drop the Mic Agency. This is an organization that you uh, have, which helps speakers find places to speak. And I'm sure there's much more to it than that, but tell us about drop the mic agency. So drop the mic primarily is a training, uh, platform where uh, we bring together some of the best speakers, um, that we can, that we know of, that we can find that are within our circle to share some of the tips and tricks with that they've found from the industry. I believe, um, and, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Sean Douglas has done some guest training with us. He's a phenomenal speaker and just yep. an incredible resource. And uh, I'm blessed to have him in my network. Um, and we've had, you know, um, coaches and all kinds of different people come on and, and then obviously myself and my business partner, Ash, she, uh, we do the majority of the training. Um, we've had other, um, industry experts come on. So it's a, it's primarily a training resource for speakers who are up and coming, uh, who want to learn the insides of the business, who really want to, um, start to start to grow, uh, particularly those who, um, struggle getting in with the speakers bureaus because it can be, you know, it's that I, I don't have experience, so I can't get a job, can't get a job because I don't have experience. We want to give them that platform to be able to get the experience so that they can get um, a sizzler reel together so that they can get the demo so they can get the one sheet so that they can 
really prep and understand what their talks plural are and yeah. how to really market themselves as a speaker. Um, and you know, I've made some connections over the last couple of months to really help grow that too. So uh, the more, the, the more I grow as a speaker, the more I'm able to provide those resources down to the people who were me five or six years ago. And yeah. that's really the nexus of, of drop the mic. So, uh, we do represent speakers because once you get on board, we provide you access to, um, breakdowns and, and the speaker engagements that come across my desk. So we make those available to all our speakers so that they can apply to them as well. Um, and then as they grow in, in, in their stature, we'll, we'll actually take them on as, as actual client clients and represent them, uh, with our pool of agents. So, yeah, Sean Douglas was on the show just a few weeks ago and he was terrific. He was amazing. Oh, he's an amazing guy. I, yeah. I can't say enough about him. I think he's, I, the, one of my good mentors always says, you know, Beyonce and you have the same, uh, number of hours in the day, Yep. you know, so how can she accomplish what she does? Well, Sean Douglas has the same amount of hours as you and I, and I think he accomplishes 10 times more than Jay-Z and Beyonce combined. So yeah, <laughs> like he's just a, a phenom and I'm, I'm so blessed to know him. Yeah. Fantastic. So give us a success story of a client that you've worked with. Um, I, I can't, I just, you know what I'm in Edmonton right now. So I'll narrow it down to, uh, I, I worked with, and, and the funny thing is, is I can't, I can't take credit for, for incredible talent. So just, just up front, I've worked with uh, some amazing people. Um, a good friend of mine and, and client, uh, Jen Traxel, uh, the intuitive mermaid, if anybody wants to look her up, uh, she's one of the, she was like a dream client. Anytime she had uh, a struggle or, or anything, I would say, Hey, try this, you know, do, do this thing. And, uh, and she just, she just would. You know, she uh, put together an incredible book that, that you can purchase. Um, she uh, put together a whole series of workshops on mindful meditation. Uh, just, you know, just grew as a speaker in a very, very short period of time because she was just willing to do, like took action. You, you yeah. just said, do this thing. And she just, she just did it. She didn't worry about the consequences. She didn't worry about what other people would think. She just went and did and it was amazing. Um, another friend that I worked with, and again, these are incredible human beings already. So I'm, I just give them a little direction and they go, I don't have a lot other than pointing a, a giving a cardinal direction and letting them do their own. Amazing. Amazing. Right. Um, but a, another good friend of mine, uh, Lindy rock at rock solid administration wanted to grow her business and knew that, uh, speaking and more specifically creating training courses was the was going to accelerate her business and same thing i i li literally sat down with her over the phone maybe had a 35 minute conversation with her said you know try this try this have you thought about this this may be she was struggling putting together content and the the woman is a genius so content is actually not an issue it was translating her brain into a usable product so i was like you know maybe try maybe try just speaking it, you know, don't worry about put to, announce that you're going to do a course, see how many people are interested, pull them for what they want to know. And then that becomes your content. And, and that little shift in thinking for her, she's, she's just running with it, running with it. And, uh, you know, her target is 
CEOs uh, of small to medium businesses who are just on that cusp of disorganization, yeah. right? They've been handling everything themselves. So they're running in the, their business. They're, they're not business owners, they're business operators. Mm-hmm. And they're yes. on the cusp of becoming owners if they could just let go. And she comes in and structures organizations so that they run efficiently um, from her admin background. And she's just a genius at it. Just a genius. So like I said, she's a success story, but because of her, not because of me. I just, right. I just point and say go and they do and they're amazing that way. Awesome. Dropthemikeagency.com, correct? That's right. Dropthemikeagency.com. Absolutely. And and look at that site. And if you feel like this is something that's a fit, uh, absolutely uh, send a message and, and Sean Tyler will be very glad to talk to you. And where can we find your book, The Power to Speak Naked? We can pre-order this, right? Yes, we can right now on SeanTylerFoley.com or PowerToSpeakNaked.com. Both of those will send you to the same landing page. And uh, we've got it set up. Uh, pre-sales are on now, and the book should be shipping at the be at mid-March, March 15th, I believe. Fantastic. And Sean is spelled S-E-A-N. It's not S-H-A-W-N or anything like that. It's S-E-A-N, SeanTylerFoley.com or ThePowerToSpeakNaked.com. They're both easy, easy to type into your browser. Awesome. So what is your best piece of advice for someone who wants to start speaking? To speak. Just Find every it. opportunity. Just do it. Uh, you already do it uh, a thousand times a day already. We We are human beings who use our voice to communicate. Uh, so you are speaking already. And if you speak to one other person, you have now spoke in public. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a matter of uh, perception and amplification. Absolutely. So yeah, no, I would say find every opportunity that you can. If it's something that you, you wish for in your heart, and are terrified of doing it, then you really need to find those opportunities because the only way to get over those nerves is to find out uh, why you didn't need to have them in the first place. And you can find a lot of those opportunities locally, you know, community groups and meetups. Yeah, they're everywhere. Meetups, church groups, like you name it, the opportunities to speak are endless. Great. What has been your biggest fail as a speaker? I know that for as much speaking as you've done, there have been some that have gone amazing and some that you wish you could take back. Uh, I've had some horrendous, horrendous fails. Um, <laughs> I think the, like the one when you asked, like the one that instantly popped into my head, I was uh, facilitating a workshop in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. A smaller workshop, about 20 to 24 participants, and we were midway through the second day out of a a two-and-a-half-day workshop, and I was co-facilitating it with uh, another friend of mine, uh, Adele, who, again, is just a a phenomenal human being and and is far more adept at the material than I was, and I got lost. I just – I forgot that it was about the audience, for one. And this is why I really hammer it home because any of my failings have been when I've made it uh, my ego and about me. Mm-hmm. And this particular case, it really became about me. I'd, somebody had said a, something and I'd, I had this amazing point that I wanted to make in my head, right? So, right. oh, yeah, no, I had this thing that happened to me at my house in this scenario. And I went on and on and on mm. and on and on 
And I think, you know, Adele was like poking me in the ribs and I was like, yeah, 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 no, but I'll just finish this up. And, you know, I had my crew in the back. They're looking at me like, you need to wrap this up where, yeah. and just, and I, I, I didn't. And, and the worst part is, is it was at a critical juncture within the material that we were presenting and I lost the audience. Like I lost them. Um, and I, and in losing them, uh, you know, my credibility took a hit, uh, the impact of what we were trying to deliver took a hit. And ultimately I didn't serve them the way that they deserve to be served. And, uh, it, it's it's a lesson that I, I I sticks with me still. Absolutely. So we've got less than two minutes until the end. So here's the question I ask everyone: Who inspires and motivates you? <laughs> everybody, everybody. But right now, my biggest inspiration comes from my three and a half year old daughter. I am um, watching her grow and experience the world. Uh, reminds me just how precious life is. Um, just how magical the world that we live in is. Mm -hmm. um, and I find it one of the, one of my biggest motivating factors is I don't ever want to live in a world where her opinion is silenced. And it, it's, it really drives me to make sure that she knows that uh, her voice has power, yes. that her story matters and, um, and that her daddy loves her. That is fantastic. So once again, we can find you at dropthemikeagency.com and mm -hmm. we can find the book. You can pre-order the book at seantylerfoley.com and at thepowertospeaknaked.com, correct? That's correct. Fantastic. Well, Sean Tyler, thank you so much for being on Success Profiles Radio this week. It was an honor and a privilege to have you here, my friend. Brian, it's a, it was an honor to, to have been asked. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome, and thank all of you for listening to Success Profiles Radio this week. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview world-class achievers and learn what they did to succeed, what they overcame, and the lessons that we can learn from it. Thank you so much for joining us, and until next week, have a great week. Goodbye, everyone. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Success Profiles Radio with your host Brian K. Wright. Each week we'll explore different aspects of success and